Hello! This is an audio test of the volcano alert system. No! Don't talk about volcanoes, I'll cry again. <laughs> Everybody's fine, in Iceland, babe. I'm gonna cry. Uh huh. Good. Everybody's fine right now. Hey, look, a new little branch is coming up from this guy. What if, like, what if we put this as the stinger and then, like, a week from now, everything blows up in Iceland and, like, half the country falls into the ocean? Then historically we'll have this, everybody's fine in Iceland uh-huh. sound bite. That's what we'll be famous for. Yep. They'll play us on CNN because they're scouring the interwebs for obscure literature podcasts to get the uh, sound bites from. Yep. That's, that's what the news media does. Oh, yeah, totally. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter 7 of The Sea of Monsters. This chapter is called, I Accept Gifts from a Stranger, which in this mythology might not be as scary as other mythologies, but is kind of terrifying. Um, I am just a clerk at a local uh, gas station who sells lots of Coca-Cola to young students from the camp, um, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm a marshmallow. <laughs> I'm a potato. Also known as Chris. Are you like a, a stay-puffed marshmallow? Are you a jet-puffed marshmallow? Are you a little jar of marshmallow fluff? Well, consider I'm, I'm probably going into a s'more or something. I'm like a jet-puff, I think. Okay. little one of the giant ones. Cool. Anyway, hello. How are you, You're Kristen? You're a giant marshmallow. Yep. That's me. I'm fine. How are you? Good. We haven't done this in a while. Yep. Uh, are we apologizing for that? I don't think so. Okay. <sighs> I don't know if you actually got any of that out. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, life's been busy. Uh, we've been up to things. We've had house guests. We've been house sitting for people. We've had, I want to say holiday stuff, but not really. We did have a Halloween party. Yep. So we had that due over a weekend. Or house sitting. Had a guest come. I have another job. Yep. Kristen. Doing the two job life right now. As a, as still a, waiting for that Patreon to take off. Yeah, still waiting on that. <laughs> so listeners, if you want more frequent episodes, uh, allow Kristen to quit her other job by giving us money. Totally. Because she is the editor-in-chief of this uh, news establishment. <laughs> anyway. I edit the podcast. Yeah. And I am 50% of the voice acting. Well, next month we do have... Uh, actual episodes going up on the Patreon. Yes, we will, because next month is the official release of the Percy Jackson series. And we'll be doing an episode-by-episode breakdown. That's what we do. And maybe comparison and contrast the book. We, we I don't think we've talked a lot about what that exactly is going to look like with how the episode structure is going to go, but... Who knows? Yeah. But we'll talk about it. We will. There'll be discussions. Cool. If we get really crazy, we might do a running commentary, like yep. a little 
you can start watching the episode and play us at the same time. And yeah. Play through. Anyway. Kristen, how do we start this podcast? We uh, banter. We introduce Check. each other. Um, and we do summaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as Chris and I are reading through the chapter, we create a bullet point summary for that chapter. And we read them here for you before we discuss our various plot points. Yes. But uh, plot summary. Bullet points. Cool. Go. All right. Uh, so mine are as follows. The kitchen sounds lovely. Hey, look, they're after the fleece. There's the title. Is there trouble between Mr. D and Tantalus? Percy's got competition. Tyson is building a plot device. Product placement gets out of hand. New God alert. Hermes is Al Gore confirmed. Are we supposed to accept gifts from the gods? And let's all get on the boat. Let's all get on the boat. I mean, yep. it's called Sea of Monsters. You knew they were going to have to get on a boat at some point. Yep. Cool. How about but, yours? You know, we don't get on the boat. Never get on the boat. Um, all right. Here's my summary. KP in the lava kitchen. Ask Tantalus in front of everyone for a quest. Clarice is given a, the quest in front of everyone. Percy sneaks to the beach, despite threat of death by harpies. Hermes stops in for a chat and a Coke. Gifts of the four winds and vitamins from a god. The god of thieves? And a ride? He seems so unsure. Well... He's like, hey, there's a boat over there. You need to get to it. Also, maybe ask your dad for help getting to it. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah, I set up a ride for you. Don't know how you're going to get there, though. You should probably ask someone else. Oh, and man. and maybe do it really quickly because the harpies are on their way. All right. So, uh, yeah. Shall we get started? We cool. shall. Uh, before we get started, Kristen, you look a little bit parched. Um, would you like a beverage of some kind? Uh, you know, I could really go for a Coke. For a refreshing Coca-Cola? A refreshing Coca-Cola. All right. I should have waited to open my can so we could have the uh, the, the can sound well, I can go open a fizzy water so <sighs> that we can do that. There's no there's no cold, one, cold ones. Um, anyway, there's a uh, podcast done by the very talented Robert Evans called Behind the Bastards, uh, which is much, 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 much larger than we are. Uh, but in the early episodes of that podcast, they were trying sort of ironically to get a sponsorship from Doritos. Mm-hmm. So in like every single episode, there's just a 30 seconds where he talks about how good the Doritos they're eating are. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mentioned that to me. Yeah. It was like, we could try to do that with Coke. We could, we could get that Coke sponsorship. Yeah. Cause we really give them so much exposure <laughs> that they wouldn't have anyway. Uh, this is the second uh, instance of this, too, because it's in the first book as well. Yes. Because Luke offers him Coke. Yes. But in this chapter, it's mentioned by name like four separate times, which is kind of absurd. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Percy and Annabeth are on kitchen patrol, not kitchen police. It's Nathan, it's okay. We know what it is now. <laughs> well, it's also spelled out right here. They're on kitchen patrol. Yep. Uh, so they are uh, doing dishes in... It's just the text that we got from Nathan after that episode went up. Yeah. It was like, 
KP, it's Kitchen Patrol. Well, according to the internet, it's Kitchen Police. No! Uh, anyway, so they are washing dishes in hot lava. Yes, as you do with asbestos gloves. We're uh, wearing it very healthy. Yep, great for great for your hands and your lungs. Great environment. Um, Where the children should definitely be. See, I I bought into the idea that like, oh sure, yeah, we're washing dishes with lava. My my issue with this was, what are the dishes made out of? Yes, exactly. That they're, asbestos, uh, that, that obviously. They're, that they're surviving the lava wash. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, because, like, regular old ceramic ain't going to do that. Maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know how. What What do they use to scoop lava? Like, because they use stuff to scoop lava when they're doing experiments like, with lava. Like, extremely thick iron cauldrons, chalices. I don't know. I Some, don't know. It's very thick metal. Um, Is that so, a genre? <laughs> that's one of the many <laughs> subgenres of metal. Very thick. Um, anyway... So they are on the kitchen patrol. They're having opportunities to chat. They kind of make up because they had a bit of a. Who are they? Break. Person and Annabeth. I yes. mentioned them already. Okay. They nice. kind of make up because they had a kind of a break in their friendship back when they were, uh, you know, not building a chariot together. Totally. And not. Annabeth still has issues with Percy's brother. Yeah. Which you know we're gonna resolve at some point probably. Uh, and then we spell out the plot of the book. Because uh, Annabeth explains to Percy that, based on the things he's seen in the dream, oh, hey, they're probably looking for the Golden Fleece. Absolutely. And there's the whole story about that. Uh, We don't need to go into the mythology. You know, people who are listening to this have probably read the chapter. Uh, But basically, the long and short of it is uh, two children of Zeus, Cadmus and Europa. They're about to get offered up as human sacrifices. Um, and Zeus decided to save them by sending a magical flying ram with golden wool down, picks them up, carries them off to safety. Well, one of them. Uh, and then as a sign of the god's favor and good fortune, the fleece event, or the ram eventually gets skinned and the fleece gets hung up and it has magical nature healing properties of animal friendship and crop growth and preventing plagues and all that kind of stuff. Well, they specifically were, like, sacrificing the ram as a as a thank you. Yes. And then hung up the... Obviously, it has all these powers of, like, peeling and nature and stuff and could cure the tree. Could yes. protect the camp when we could save the camp by finding this thing. We don't, however, uh, explain in any way how it ended up back in the Sea of Monsters, back in the care of the person it's already been rescued from in mythology like we didn't we didn't explain all of that yes so i'm very curious how you would like footnote that into the story yeah how, how did it get lost yeah who knows uh but we know that for whatever reason maybe it's been lost just the one time maybe it's been lost multiple times but Heroes have been looking for it for centuries. Nobody's ever found it. So Annabeth is just like, this is a fool's errand. Uh, and then Percy's just like, well, obviously, Grover found it. So yeah. if we find Grover, we find a like fleece. Like we said, a fool's errand. To, to, Don't to, be mean to Grover. Two to Stymphalian birds, one stone. Um, <laughs> you so wanted to get that one in there. <laughs> you fought so hard for that one. May uh, I have a sip of your refreshing Coke? Yes, of course. <laughs> ah, mm, that's so cokey. That cola. 
anyway, there's brief discussion that this is too perfect. It might be a trap because, hey, the two things they want to find are conveniently in the same place. And Kronos is still out there doing whatever Kronos is doing. Kronos be Kronos and Kronos be Kronosing. <laughs> Uh, then we have a discussion about what the Sea of Monsters is, how we're going to have to probably fight the Bermuda this. Triangle. I feel like we already called that, though. Yeah. I feel like we called that in one of the early episodes. Yeah. Where's the Sea of Monsters? The Bermuda Triangle! It's off the coast of Florida! Obviously, it's inhabited by inhabited by monsters. Uh, That'd be you know, weird. Polyphemus, the worst of all the Cyclopses, uh, so it's going to be, you know, stupidly dangerous. But, well, we might as well ask for a quest anyway. Yeah, and Annabeth comes up with the idea of making sure that they ask Tantalus in front of everybody. Yes. Because she knows that everybody's going to be on board with saving the camp, even though Tantalus isn't. Yeah. Uh, And so that night, they spring the plan. They're having a little campfire. Uh, Everybody's kind of somber. It's very, it's a dour mood. I do really like the idea that the fire reflects the mood of, like, the people. Yes. That Uh, That was cool. It's an enchanted campfire. Uh, changes colors, changes heights. It reflects the mood. They're singing uh, classic camp songs like I Am My Own Great 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 Grandpa. Down by the Aegean. Yeah, this land is Minos's land. You know, yeah. those things you sing. Absolutely. Everybody knows these, right? Yeah, these are these are <laughs> classic camp bangers. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they're having a very half-hearted sing-along. Uh, Mr. D leaves early. Um, and I wanted to point out this one line. I put it in my, my summary. Um, it says, Dionysus left early after suffering through a few songs. He muttered something about how even Pinochle of Karen had been more exciting than this. Then he gave Tantalus a distasteful look and headed back toward the big house. And like, it's a one... You're so distracted. No, I'm not. I'm trying to remember if that line was in my book. Because I don't <laughs> remember the line about the Pinochle with Chiron. I don't remember that line being in there. I imagine it would have to be. I really want to confirm that, though, because <laughs> that's, that's bothering me. He muttered something about even Pinnacle with Chiron. It been more exciting than this. No, you're right. Sorry, Mr. D left. Yeah, uh, and that's a really brief throwaway line. I just thought it was worth pointing out, because maybe, like, thus far, all the interactions between Dionysus and Tantalus have been, like, not necessarily positive. They've been but mildly antagonistic from Mr. D to Tantalus. Yeah. And so, like, Mr. like Mr. D has no love lost toward Tantalus at all, it seems. He's just like, you know, he's a necessary evil of, like, just one more piece of his punishment that he has to go through. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, then Tantalus comes over after the sing-along, tries to eat a marshmallow, fails. Um... Percy comes the up. The marshmallow throws <laughs> itself into the fire. Yeah, it's kind of horrifying. That's why I decided to write about it. Spoilers go. for my uh, rewrite. Anywho, uh, so Percy comes up, uh, brings up the idea of this quest that uh, Annabeth then explains uh, much more efficiently than he could. And Tantalus is saying, it's nonsense, it's not necessary, etc., etc. You wouldn't even know where to look. And then Percy's just like, oh, wait, we got coordinates. Which and we then called... he tells them what the coordinates are. Like, yep. that, that's the part where I'm just like... Yeah. As soon as he started saying the coordinates out loud, I was just like, no. Yeah. Don't do Let it. Let everybody know exactly where you're Don't going. Don't do it. Because the only bargaining power you have to get this quest is that you are the only one who knows where to go. 
But at the same time, would it have gone anywhere with Tantalus if he had said, like, oh, no, I know where it is, I just can't tell you. Well, I mean, telling him the coordinates is not, like, going to actually solve, like, it's, being able to say four numbers is not going to prove to Tantalus that you know where it is unless Tantalus knows where it is and you're confirming information he already has. Uh, yeah. Uh, but at that, uh, the campers start to get really excited. They drown out Tantalus and basically force him into, uh, allowing a quest. Yes. And just despite Percy and Annabeth, he decides the person who should go on this quest is, of course, Clarice. Yes. Which I think is great. I think Clarice should go on it. I was really excited that Clarice was going to end up choosing Percy and Annabeth to go on this quest with her. Yeah. Because that feels very much like a thing that she's smart enough yeah. To do that. Yes, even though she really doesn't like Percy at all. Yeah, she hates Percy, but, like, <sighs> she also is the old, like, she's leading the defense of the camp. Like, yes. Tantalus is, Tantalus is killing two Stephelian birds with one stone <laughs> by getting rid of Clarice yeah. and spiting Percy. Yeah. Because Clarice is protecting the camp and leading this charge to keep the, the guard up. Yeah. Uh, and, like, obviously Percy's upset, uh, upset about this, but, like, I, yeah, I did like the idea of Clarice getting to do something and, like, maybe her becoming more of a character in this book. Also, they do make kind of a point of, like, a, you know, there's campers being, like, oh, yeah, you got your chance last year, which he did. It's, like, if this is a thing where, like, quests are rare, as we established in the first book, and, like, maybe one student is sent on one quest a year, like, is it fair for Percy to get two in a row? Yeah. Like... That seems a little sus. Yeah, but but they've been rare recently. They weren't this rare in the past. Yeah, ever since that lightning thief business. Yeah, um, I mean it was before that because Percy was the first one to get a quest since something else had happened. Uh, since Luke, yeah, Luke screwed it up. I don't know. Luke screwed everything up. Uh, so anyway. Um, cool. Clarice is chosen. We don't know who she would or wouldn't pick. Uh, she spoilers. has to go consult the Oracle. Yeah, spoilers. We're probably not going to find that out for quite a while, because in the next chapter, I'm pretty sure they're just taking off and leaving the camp. Probably. Um, cool. Uh, so, everybody gets excited. Tantalus silences them and for whatever reason it's just like i'm now going to tell you about what a horrible person i am yes <laughs> and, and this is where we finally like have the in book this is where we finally have the in book explanation of who tantalus is which you and i have gone over on the podcast yeah. twice now so we don't need to go over that again we've done it before but yeah we do have him very much threatening all of the kids there and then telling them that curfew will be enforced by the harpies yep they're always basically, hungry I, I, basically, I killed my own children and fed them to the gods, and that's why I was punished the way that I was, and now I'm in charge of all of you, and I'm putting the harpies that are very hungry in charge of keeping you in bed. Yeah, of course. Threatening. Yeah. Children. Totally great. There is a line in this description, though, in Mm -hmm. this chap, in this section of the chapter, that I, um, wanted to kind of... uh, bring up, just point out. Okay. Because obviously, once we get to that conversation where Tantalus is like, I'm going to tell you a story about a king. Yeah. That's 
when it's like, okay, super obvious that, like, he's evil. Uh-huh. So he is obviously presenting himself as being very evil at this point. But prior to that, mm-hmm. in the conversation while he's on, like, while they're at, around the fire, yeah. there's a line that says, the evil aura radiating from Tantalus was as strong as any monster I'd ever faced. Yeah. And I found that that was very interesting because he went from being a mortal person who was punished to Hades. Because I'm pretty sure he was a mortal king. Or was he yeah. Was he a no, he half? A, no, he says in this story he was a mortal king. Yeah. And so, like, this is just his spirit living on. Yes. And he is still being punished. Yeah. And it's just like, he has become a monster, basically. Also, why does he have magic powers? Why Why can he just fling his hand yeah. and extinguish the yeah. fire? Where does that come from? I don't know. It might be some kind of, like, camp director button on his chair. Could be. But I thought that was weird, too. I was just like, why does Tantalus get to do that? He's just a dude. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that didn't go the way we all plan. Um, Percy goes back to the cabin, talks to Tyson about, uh, you know possibly leaving even though they don't have permission to tyson is assembling a plot device he's assembling something which we assume will be very plot important later because tyson won't answer what it is so like that's going to be something uh apparently tyson's really good at fine detailed engineering work yes um he's a he's a natural yeah i mean we kind of talked about that when he started doing his like his welding and 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 forge working and stuff like that with with uh what's his name yeah but we also have in this section an exploration that Percy thinks about uh-huh. when he says that he knew Grover could sense emotions in people. Yes. He wondered if Tyson could do the same thing. Yeah. And if that like showed like Tyson was actually responding to the emotions of other people. So like, there are moments when he says Annabeth doesn't like me and Percy is defending her and saying no, but Tyson might actually be able to read emotions and might actually know for sure. It's like, bro, stop lying to me. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of interesting stuff like that about Tyson. Like, uh, I mean, he's building weird stuff. Like, uh, we mentioned this network of like weird scars on his back that apparently have some story that we haven't gotten to yet. Which is definitely not fire related because he can yeah. just stick his hands directly into lava and play with the dishes. Yeah. So like where'd that come from? Uh, he also said something about like his dad always caring for him. Yeah. And like, you know, not knowing what to do with that now. Um, cause you know, he was living in a cardboard box in New York. Obviously his dad cared about him a lot. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> something Percy said. Percy's just like, how, can he think that Poseidon cared about him when he was living on the streets? Yeah. So, who knows? There's a lot to unpack there that we'll, I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Percy can't sleep, decides, hey, I'm going to go Well, he doesn't want to sleep because he doesn't want to dream about Grover again. Yeah, and possibly die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because Grover did that magic thing that uh, has put Percy at a great amount of risk. Uh, so he grabs his sneaky six-pack of Cokes that he just has... Which aren't allowed in the camp. Yeah, obviously not. But, you know, if you talk to the right kid in the Hermes house... Yeah, they can, they can get you anything. They can get you anything. Almost, almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he gets those, goes out, and he wants to sit on the beach, look at the ocean. 
Uh, when he has sugar and caffeine, it calms his brain down. Yeah. Was that your experience as a uh, as an ADHD person? Yes. Okay. Caffeine doesn't seem like it calms you, but... <laughs> it doesn't calm me. Uh-huh. It focuses me. Uh-huh. Anyway, he's down there at the beach with his cokes, uh, looking at the constellations, and he is approached by some guy. Some guy jogging guy, jog- down the beach. Yep, jogging shorts and a marathon t-shirt. Shows up and uh, asks if he can join him, which, you know, totally isn't weird at all. Some dude in his mid-40s sees a 12-year-old and is just like, mind if I, uh, mind if I hang out with you on the beach here? Yeah. And we have Percy reflect on how it probably wasn't the best idea to just let some stranger come and join him on the beach. Yep. Yeah. Uh, could be anybody, especially, like, you know, when he's constantly getting attacked by monsters, and that's... Yeah, and <laughs> when we know that the 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 veil around the camp is damaged, basically, yeah. like... Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, he's sitting down, dude pulls out a phone uh, with two tiny snakes wrapped um, around the antenna. Remember when phones had antennas? I do. I do remember and that when was phones a thing. had antennas. <laughs> You extended that. My first phone did not have an antenna. My second phone, I believe, had an antenna, but it wasn't an expandable one. No. No, it didn't. It did not. And, like, certain phones, you could, like, take the antenna off, and there are those kiosks set in the mall that would sell, like, the little flashy LED antennas you could put on your phone and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) What do mall kiosks sell now? Uh, Cologne, jewelry. Do they still sell, like, all the phone cases? Yeah, I think there's a couple that do. But, anyhow. When was the last time you went to a mall? Well, picked up my contacts at one just, uh... Oh, yeah, that is where the only lens crafters is locally. Yep. Uh, anyway. So he takes a phone call, talks about, uh, some guy getting, you know, being chained to a rock, doesn't have a tracking number, gift to humankind, etc., etc. Um... What's that a reference to? uh, That is a reference to Prometheus. Okay. uh, Who, really, really brief cliff notes. uh, In the Greek mythology, Prometheus is a guy that brought fire to mankind. Yes. uh, Which upset the gods a great deal. Yes. uh, And they decided to torture him for all eternity by chaining him to a rock and having vultures, you know, pluck out his liver. Okay. And that was just a, that's just a thing that he goes through. Uh, but apparently he's, uh... Trying to give trying another to... gift to humanity? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Speaking of gifts to hu- humanity... I was gonna say, there's a... In, in some versions of the, leg- uh, of the legend, like, uh... Like, traditionally, Prometheus gives fire. Uh, there are translations which could make it seem like the gift is actually magic. Oh, and Prometheus is... Giving magic. The power of the gods to humanity, and that's the, that's what upset them so much. Yeah. But, anyway. Which somebody has mentioned to us that within the lore, someone has said that within the lore of Percy Jackson, I think it was probably Steve, that the only humans, mortals, that use magic are evil. Uh Uh-huh. And so Prometheus giving magic to humans... Uh-huh. Is a corrupting influence. Yeah. So reasonable thing for the gods to be upset about because it just gives them more headaches to clean up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so gets off the phone call. We um, get introduced to the snakes, George and Martha. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Yep. Um, I want the running commentary throughout the rest of the book. I really do, too. (laughs) I want George and Martha to stay in the back of his head for the rest of the book because they are great. They're annoying, but they're so fun. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Best new characters. Yep. Uh, And we have a little bit of back and forth. Uh, We talk about the constellations a little bit. And What's your favorite, Percy? Yeah, Hercules. Why is it your favorite, et cetera, et cetera? And long story short, we realize that uh, that Percy right. doesn't respect strength the way oh. that he's expected to. Hermes is surprised for yeah. his reasoning as to why he liked Hercules. You named him. I was going to say we found out it's Hermes. I, oh. Yeah, that that is a point. But I was going to say long story short. Hey, it's Hermes. Cool. Blue's dead. Yeah, there he is. Uh, we realize that only after he pulls out the staff and, like, the snakes transform into full-size snakes. And, and it's and Hidushis. Like, oh my god, it's Hidushis. This um, is why I recognized you, because I saw you before. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hermes is just like, yeah, people don't usually, uh, say Luke's father when they first realize who I am. That's, yeah. that's, you know. No, You're Luke's trying, dad. Not trying to claim that one. No, he's not the he's not the favorite in Olympus right now. So uh, yeah, kind of kind of distancing myself from that guy. But it's also it's also one of those things where it's a god being defined by a mortal and not the other way around. Yeah, and so like, yeah, I understand why he would be a little snooty about it. Yeah, and then in a very roundabout way, Hermes is trying to tell Percy to go and do the quest anyway. Yes, explaining being like, hey, let me tell you a story about somebody else who broke the rules. And spoiler alert, it was me, because uh, I love to talk about myself. Uh, I this stole is how something, I'm... and I still managed to become a god. Yeah, and break the rules and pull it off, and maybe that's the moral of the story, is if you can do it well enough, then everything works out in the end. Yeah. But this oh. is also a moment where I have a, a lore question for these books. Uh-huh. I feel like in the first book, we had a heavy... Emphasis on the fact that the gods could not be directly involved. Yes. That's why they had to use heroes. And that's why they had to use heroes. But that's also, like, why Poseidon couldn't just give Percy help. Yeah. He had to send one of the river, one of the naiads to find him in the river and give him the pearls. And, like, had to use other things to get him help. Yeah. And we now very obviously have Hermes just walk up and be like, here's two gifts, go on the quest. Ask your dad for help getting to the boat. Yeah. And it's like, lore consistency-wise, I mean, is this because it's not an official quest yet? And it's a quest given to him by the gods as opposed to one by the camp? Like, what what... Is there a lore, is there something different about this that, like, the gods can get directly involved? And if they can get directly involved enough to sit down and have a coke with him, like, what? I mean, we also established in the first book that the gods break the rules constantly. Like, the whole thing with Ares. Ares tries to outright kill Percy. Yeah. Like, he's getting involved. Yeah, and I mean, he was also being influenced, though. So, like, yeah, and Hermes is the god of thieves, and, like... Probably a known trickster, liar. Like he, if anybody's going to break the rules, well, it's and he be even tells the story about how yeah. he, yeah, basically ascended to godhood by breaking the rules. Yeah. but like, so if anybody would do it, it'd be him. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, then he gives Percy a couple little presents to yep. help him on his way. So we get a, a fun little thermos, like old school, like thermos with like a little cup on top. Like, I don't know if you ever had one of these as a kid, but like. I had access to a couple of them. She never owned one. You're just like, I, I knew where to, I knew where to get one if I needed one. <laughs> eh. I could, I could, get, I could, I could put my hands on a thermos in five minutes. That's, you just give me the. That's what my childhood was: not having anything of my own, but having access to things that belong to other people in my house. Uh-huh. This is not a Kristen's childhood trauma podcast. We'll move past that. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it? my <laughs> my dad owned a ton of fishing gear and camping gear. Uh huh. And in the camping gear, there was multiple like. Of the of the army green thermoses and stuff like that. Yeah, for all the times you guys went camping when you were a kid. Correct. And <laughs> constantly, all, all <laughs> the time. And then, um, I think that I might have had one of the ones that like you take to school when you're like six. Yeah, but I don't remember. I mean, obviously, worth more if you have the matching lunchbox. Oh, yeah, like, obviously. You know, from Hercules, Bus Heads, like, classic show. Back yeah. before uh, Hey Festus TV was all reality programming. Oh, yeah. Uh, the lame, lame, lame reality programming that Hey Festus TV has become. Yeah. It's really disappointing, all in all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he gives his compass to Percy. One side's cold, one side's hot. Percy, before Percy makes this smart observation about that. Yeah. When he's offering the gifts, yes, Hermes says something that I wrote down. It says, never question a gift. Definitely sounds like he stole these things. <laughs> like, not only is it coming from the God of Thieves, but he's like, never question a gift. Yeah. I brought you two gifts. Never question a gift. Yeah. Uh, Percy does clarify it, though. Like, and uh, I, I know dealing with the gods is not the same rules as dealing with the fae. Uh, but Percy does clarify, and it's just like, this is a gift, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't again. say, is there any obligation? Uh, no obligation? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Straight obligation is to go on the quest. That's yeah. what the obligation is. Yeah. I mean, depending on the language that you want to use and like how, how deep into semantics you want to go, by calling something a gift, you are defining it as something that does not require any... Uh, return on the investment. What am I trying to say? Return on investment. It doesn't require payment. It doesn't require a favor for it. A gift is by nature a thing that is given freely. And there's no obligation. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway. But is that really how it's (laughs) defined by the Fae? Uh-huh. No. That's not. But this is is not a Fae. This is a Greek god. So, very different mythology. Anywho. Still uh, have powerful names. And in this compass, or not in this compass, in this thermos, uh, apparently uh, it contains the four winds of the earth. Yes. Um, sounds pretty powerful. Yeah. And Percy and, realizes when he picks it up that, like, as he moves it, one side stays cold. Yeah. One side stays warm. Which, for the Greeks and for the North Americans, the north wind is going to be the cold and the south wind is going to be the warm, probably. Yeah. And so, you know, we have... We don't care about the Southern Hemisphere privilege, but it's <laughs> it works as a compass. And Hermes even says, like, mm, never thought of it that way. Yep, you're right. 
Yeah. But that's not what it's meant to be as a compass. It's so much more. Yeah. Uh, so four wins. Be careful with it. Don't let them all get out. I feel like that's foreshadowing. I know. For that's sure. what I wrote down, too. That's absolutely... The... the, uh, the <laughs> That that's what I wrote down as my as my uh, favorite sentence. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just spoil that now. My favorite sentence, and it says favorite line slash foreshadowing. Yeah, should all four escape at once? Dot dot dot. Ah, but I'm sure you'll be careful. Yep, positive. Percy's always so careful with things, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then there's another gift, which is a little plastic container of chewy vitamins. Yep, uh, chewable like- vitamins, not gummy vitamins. <laughs> Like Flintstone chewy vitamins, yeah. not yeah, not gummy vitamins. I think back in back in two thousand six when this came out, I don't think gummy vitamin technology existed yet. Like I don't think that was a thing, huh? Because gummy vitamins are a pretty new concept. Now you're gonna make me Google when gummy <laughs> vitamins were first released. Anyway, continue. Um. Anyway, they have all fun, uh, sorts of fun monster shapes. And we don't know what they do. Uh, Hermes never really says. Yeah. Uh, he just, just like, tells you they're full of amino acids and great stuff for you. And everything you need to feel yourself again. Yes. So what do you think that means? I think that that means that, like, if they get hurt, they they have some healing properties. If they get charmed, if they get yeah. con- mind-controlled or whatever. Possibly. Because, like, the, the, like, they have access to, like, the ambrosia and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they don't have, I mean, they have access to it at camp. Yeah. They don't necessarily have access to it on their trip. Yeah. I mean, because Hermes packs their bags for them, spoilers. Yeah. And Hermes is also getting emails for discount ambrosia, ambrosia, which means he's probably not just giving it to them. Yeah. He's on email chains to get it. Yeah. Um, So anyway, he gets these two gifts. Uh they have a little little bit of a talk about Luke, and, and Hermes is pretty cagey about it. And it's being like, uh, "Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if uh, you know we could we can bring him back from the dark side." But he doesn't really talk about him that much. Well, and Percy brings it up because yeah. Percy's like, "You're trying to protect Luke." Yeah, because because Hermes says there are so many other people that you could help. Uh-huh. It's not just Grover. Yeah, because this is obviously another one of Cronus's plots or something. I don't know. Do you think, what do you think Hermes, Hermes is really after? Do you think he cares about, like, do you think he cares about the camp? Do you think he's, what do you think he's trying to do here? I don't know. I think, I mean, my instinct is that he cares about his reputation and uh-huh. that Luke has sullied that in some way. Yeah. But I don't know. But he also goes on this whole thing about family and how important family is. And it's like, yeah, like, that was kind of the whole point of the first, you know, when his mother was in Hades and he had to go rescue her. Like, that was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's really odd to hear one of the gods talking about their children in a positive way. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, he also casually mentions he invented the internet. Yes, and that was <laughs> another lore moment I wrote down. <laughs> Hermes invented the internet. Making his job easier. When we talk about gifts to humanity. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote down Hermes and Al Gore. I don't know if you remember that reference, but back when, uh, way back in the day when, uh, Al Gore was running for president or shortly afterwards, he, in some speech he was making or some interview, he alluded to taking credit for like inventing the internet. Okay. Like he made some statement of being like, oh yeah, I was instrumental in the internet being a thing. And everybody was just like, you're full of it. 
Oh, I don't. Um, I don't remember and that. That was a joke meme. for a long time. I don't so. remember that meme. Yeah, Al Gore inventing the internet. I see. Uh, <laughs> cool. Anyway, uh, so then Hermes gives a little cryptic statement about you have a shorter deadline than you realize. Hey, you have less time. Stuff's going down, and he's packed it's the going bags down for, him. for real. He's packed a few bags. And waterproof bags, even. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be extra fun stuff in there. We'll oh, I'm the, sure. There's there. probably going to be, like, Thor's, light, Thor's lightning bolt? Zeus's <laughs> lightning bolt? I'm sure Zeus's lightning bolt's going to be in yeah. there, <laughs> you know. The Helm of Darkness will probably be in there. Yeah, so we'll probably have some fun bag times later. Oh, yeah. Fun bag times. Fun bag times. Some of my favorite plot points in any of these books. Love, love Just a fun like bag time. Those bag times, you know? <laughs> like when the bag suddenly appears back in your hands when you leave the Lotus Hotel, you know? Yeah. Bag uh, times. Fun and, bag times. And then, and then tells him that he needs to hurry up and catch the ship. First, he's just like, what ship? And there's a cruise ship out there that they're going to need to get on. Because Maybe that's, ask your dad for help. Yeah. And I'm going to bet they're gonna have to stow away on that because this, this isn't been this hasn't been organized this is probably just a ship that happens to be going through the bermuda triangle that they're just gonna to hitch a ride on and yeah. have to figure out their way from there it does seem that way yeah yeah uh so they're catching the boat uh hermes says oh hey by the way your friends are already coming you, you should hurry up before the harpies yeah, coming. You, you got five minutes go yeah and we hear An- and we hear Annabeth and Tyson coming up the beach yelling for Percy. Yeah. Uh, so arguably, this is a better start to the quest than the last one he went on. Oh yes, because like he he's got some fun magic items. Like he's got fully packed bags. They have a tr- way to get down to where they're trying to go. Yeah. Like it's they're, not they're, it's the, not just here's five hundred dollars or yeah. two hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever. Some, yeah. That you're gonna lose on the bus. Yeah. And they're going on a boat this time, which, like, should be the safest possible way, mode of transport for Percy. Because he is, he is water kind. Yeah. So. Eh, fair. So there you go. He's uh, he's getting a much better He does better make that start. point to Annabeth. Like, we're going to the Sea of Monsters. That's going to be a pool of scary stuff. No, no, no. If, I, if there's anywhere that I'm going to be safe. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, and that is the chapter. It is, indeed. Any other things that you wanted to bring up or point out from the chapter? Because we hit every one of my notes. I had yeah. all the camp songs. I had the internet. Yeah. I, uh... Never question a gift. Yeah. Do we think that, uh... Do we think Clarice is going to be, like, a foil in this? Like, she's also going to show up at some point and, uh, be going for the same thing and wanting to get it before Percy does? I think that there's going to be a moment of conflict, and then I think that one of her companions is going to die, and then she's going to need Percy's help, and Percy's going to rescue her, and... Was this where they meant their, uh, their relationship? And she's going to be like, we need to go, and then they're going to get back to camp, and he's going to be like, Clarice saved the camp! Yeah. And she's going to be like, no, Percy saved the camp. Yeah. I also... We're friends now. Yeah. Going into the first few fa- chapters, I wasn't convinced that Luke is going to show up again in this book. But after this, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Luke's coming back for yeah. sure. We, we've talked about him way too much for him to not make an appearance. Yeah, it does feel that way a little bit, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. All right. So, what do we do next? We do our favorite sentences. Do you have a favorite sentence? We've already kind of covered mine. I have a little more context for it, but... Uh, yes, mine, mine is very basic. Would you like me to share it? Yeah. You have snakes on your phone. 
<laughs> I love your facial expression. You did that well. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like statement, matter of fact. There's also a, a sentence that probably in any normal circumstances nobody would ever say. I mean, it's, you can talk about someone's phone case or you know, yeah. background. You've got snakes. There are snakes on. I've had it with these yeah. Monday to Friday just, snakes. Uh-huh. <sighs> <sighs> on this phone. Um. So I also had written down the sentence right before the uh, the one I read earlier. So the winds are a bit like me, always restless, which we've also had. So this is Hermes describing himself as restless. Uh-huh. We also have Percy describing himself as restless and like angsty and all of this stuff, which comes from his father Poseidon being the god of the sea and how changing it can be and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And my question is, are there any of the gods that aren't restless and changing and and what's the what's the god of just sitting around doing nothing? Yeah. Which which one Who's is that? that? Who is know. that? I don't know. Aphrodite? She seems like, like, you know, she'd be laying around all the time. Maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, so favorite sentence, and then what do we do after that? We read our rewrites. We do. So as we read the chapters, uh, dear listeners, Chris and I will also come up with a retelling of the story from a new perspective by moving the camera and rewriting the chapter from a different perspective, maybe a character, maybe an object, and then we read those at this particular point in the podcast. Yes. You uh, did your summary first correct. and your favorite sentence sort of first. So, I mean, you you just broke your favorite sentence into the middle of the chapter, so. And then I read the other one yeah. after you. So, go ahead and do your uh, rewrite first, please. Who is yours from the perspective of? You'll know in the first sentence. Okay. The the voice introduces itself. Okay. We harpies are hugely misunderstood. Yes, we are dangerous, but we like our own kind of order. Some believe it's chaotic to run a kitchen the way we do, but really lava is so much better for cleaning than silly soap and water. And it's always fun to watch the KP campers don asbestos gloves. <laughs> but but tonight we had a new camper, a Cyclops baby. Uh, he fit right in with us playing in the lava. What a change from the fear and complaining we usually are surrounded with, with these so-called heroes. Anyway, something got Tantalus all perturbed today, and he put us in charge of curfew. <laughs> um, that's one thing about this new guy. He gives us more freedom to play around with the food <clears throat> campers, but so much more responsibilities, too. Yeah, make sure they're not out after curfew. I'm not complaining. I might be complaining. It's nice to get out and about at night, but it feels like Tantalus just wants us to feel his pain as food runs away from him. We just out there searching for campers that aren't there. Wait, who's that by the water? There you go. I like that one. I like your, I like your harpies. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Cool. Gave me a chuckle. Yes. All right. Check. <laughs> See, that's how you use an invisible pen. Yeah. Because you've influenced me. <laughs> because now I can't check in front of you without 
pretending like I'm writing <laughs> with a pen. It's so your I'm fault. Judging you. Anyway, uh, so mine is as follows. I think I've already spoiled this, but mine is from the perspective of the marshmallow that runs away from uh, Tantalus. You you say you say that the entire series you've been introducing yourself at the beginning of the episode as the person you rewrite from the perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. of. It's <laughs> there's no room for a spoiler yeah. complaint at that point when you have created a built-in spoiler. In the structure of the podcast. So here's my rewrite. (laughs) There are those of us born only to suffer, it seems. Such is my lot, without greater purpose or nobility. I was born from my mother. Sweet grasses that grow with reckless abandon and sway in the tropical breeze. And my father, the very bones of noble steeds that have their run of the still wild places in this world. But yet my fate is consigned here, to be impaled, roasted alive, and then suffer the indignity of mastication before the sweet embrace of the void. There is, at the end, only one small piece of freedom afforded to me. I refuse to be eaten by this vile monster. To give him even that small joy. If I must die, it will be on my terms. And may the smoke of my charred remains drift skyward to someplace better. Wide open fields run by noble beasts, where sweet winds always blow. Wow. (laughs) My goodness. So that was my depressing marshmallow. Yeah. I thought we were not, like, making Kristen cry again today. Not cry to free. Volcano and a marshmallow. <laughs> Look. Anyway. <laughs> cool. That's my rewrite. Cool. Is that it? For yeah, the podcast? that's we great. Done? That's we it. That's all we do. Goodbye. <laughs> Would you like to do our outro? Thank you so much for listening today, dear listeners. Um, feels redundant to define somebody by a name and the same action. Like, thank you for cooking today, cook. Like, thank you for writing today, writer. Good listening, listeners. Good listening, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed Chapter 7 of The Sea of Monsters. Join us next time as we discuss a Chapter 8, We Board the Princess Andromeda. Which I feel like I should have done more research into that title, but we'll do it next time. Until then, you can join us on social media at Chronically Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us your fan art of a can of Coca-Cola in the hands of a god uh, at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com, or... You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast, where until next month, you still get nothing. But next month. <laughs> just you wait. Just Be you ready. wait, Henry Higgins. <laughs> we will have our watch-along response to something like that for each episode of the Percy Jackson show. Yes. Once it starts airing. So we're excited for that. Yeah. And until next time. Always share your Coke with a god. 
And don't forget your chewy vitamins. Okay. Bye. They'll keep you kicking. <laughs> Bye. Bye. the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter. New God alert. Hermes is Al Gore confirmed. Which therefore (sighs) had like there, thereby there from that could also be like seen. (laughs) Have you ever like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And a perfect little uh, <clears throat> click pop. What do we pop? That's tab. Tab. Pop tab. tab. I don't know. Um, like extremely thick iron cauldrons, chalices. I don't know. I don't know. It's very thick metal. Um, Is that so, a genre? <laughs> that's one of the many <laughs> subgenres of metal. Very thick. Kronos be Kronos be Kronosing. Can you tell that Kristen had caffeine before the recording? Kronos be tightening. (laughs) This is going to be a while. Oh, Um, man. I almost grabbed my energy drink out of the fridge. I was like, no, you had a cup of coffee today. You probably probably should not do that. May Uh, I have a sip of your refreshing Coke? Yes, of course. Mm, that's so cokey. That cola. Those bubbles. Effervescent. Sweet. This is unlistenable. <laughs> At least, this is not the asthma people are looking for. Yes, I'm doing this because the plane is still actively flying. <laughs>